In disempowering relationships, we can have physical abuse, but also emotional abuse and even spiritual abuse. Hi, so this is Shashi from the Tantra Made Easy podcast. And today I'm super excited to be hanging out with my dear friend and co-teacher, Sonia Shada Devi. Uh, we've been, we've known each other for years. We're trying to work out how long. It's definitely longer than a decade. And uh, together we work in a very similar field, sometimes together, sometimes apart, which is working with female empowerment specifically. So sexuality, but also beyond that, really um, looking at um, what it is to develop our feminine and to, to become empowered in that. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here and to speak with you about this. Yeah, because we've picked a topic today <laughs> that um, it just came from our own conversation actually, which is about being in disempowered relationships. Uh, we were sitting together uh, yesterday just chatting about our own experience in this when we were younger. What was it that attracted us into relationships that were disempowering? And we thought this is such a helpful and useful topic. Why don't we share this? So do you want to take a little plunge in uh, defining or explaining a bit about what that means? What is a disempowered relationship? Uh, well, perhaps some first the kind of context that we were sharing in, we were talking about the kind of um, relating with another person when that, when that other person is putting your opinion and your experience as like in lower value than yours. And, and I know when what I would, the story I'd been sharing about at that time, I wasn't aware that that was going on. <laughs> I thought, Oh, this guy, he's so evolved and he's so spiritual mm -hmm. and he and so powerful and he was powerful uh, it wasn't a love relationship it was uh, um, a kind of a mentor student friends relationship um, but I, I noticed after that whole experience that I had put his experience his word his opinion as higher than mine and that's something I, I resolve to never do again. Yeah. And it's something that a lot of women yeah. do and, and subconsciously. Yeah, yeah. It's something that we see. This is why we thought, let's, let's talk about this. It's something that we see a lot in, in our own students. I had it for a little longer. I was in a relationship with a man who was much older and he was like this shaman and this healer and whatever. I was only sort of 20 years old when I met him. And I, and I had this same thing of like, I felt like he knew everything. And he, he spent a lot of time sort of analyzing me, telling me what was wrong with me. And I believed every single word. And it took me a lot of um, untangling it and, and picking it all apart, working out how I had fallen into that and what it had done to me. And it was also what taught me empowerment. Um, but it was a painful, a long, painful way to learn. So part of my intention of putting this podcast out is how could we help other women not to, to, to waste all that time? Uh, because there is uh, definitely, you know, power, it can be the other way around, but there's definitely a, a trend in relationships of men to uh, assume power over the woman. And of course, we all know about that when it's physical. Yeah, and physical really power obvious. Abuse. That's, you know, if you're, if you're yeah. getting beaten up and, and you know, getting 
getting punched, getting hit. Uh, we all know that that is, is a form of abuse. Not that that helps women get out of it. Women still get stuck in that. Mm. So there's physical abuse. There's also emotional abuse, which is um, having your emotions negated or being, you know, bullied. Um, but what we're sort of adding into that mix is spiritual abuse. <laughs> yeah, and it's very, it's very often... I know for myself when I first came into the world of spirituality, I thought I should not have thoughts. I um, I should not, you know, for instance, like food. I felt all this shame that I loved food so much. Oh my God, I'm I'm not spiritual enough. Um, I had I remember like a, a a good friend, and he was really innocent. Like he didn't wasn't trying to say anything bad to me, but he was like, oh, like. Wow, you really like food, don't you? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, and it took me You're like so it just unspiritual. yeah, it took me into a whole like a long period of feeling like very deep shame. Mm. You know, I'm I wasn't I'm mm. not um controlled enough. Mm -hmm. I'm like you know um and I'm not disciplined You're enough. Still having thoughts? Yeah. Oh my god. And you uh, yeah. You should lick my feet. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's an example. Of, like, he was just saying innocently, you know, he didn't even, you know, wasn't, there was no intention. Mm -hmm. But the way I took it, because of the beginning of my path, I really felt that um, spirituality was the masculine, more masculine version mm -hmm. of spirituality, which is more around discipline. It's around uh, transcending emotions and connecting to the highest. Um, and it took me, a, you know, a few years before I was able to, I'm, I come to a more feminine perspective mm. of spirituality, which I'm so grateful that <laughs> I had some amazing mentors who really unpacked all of that and just and and just you know in, encouraged me to just rest and be in in who I am and what I feel and rest into that rather than to try and meet some kind of ideal. And it was profound. It's a really profound shift. And I find that a lot of women come into spirituality from that masculine perspective, yeah. whether it's through yoga or through Buddhism. There's, it, usually you go through this corridor of thinking it's about becoming better yeah, than yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then if you meet a man during that time, he can easily embody that for you. And he's... You know he's so disciplined, yes, and he's he so can live he, off rice for ten days, and, and he's so aligned, and <laughs> and uh, he doesn't and, have emotions. And he, he does, overcame yes, that. Yeah, he overcame that. And you're like, whoa, you're so spiritual, you know. And and because he he may believe that, yeah. and then so you can go, you could go into a whole relationship where you're seeing his experience as more valid as, than yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is such a, w a way that we do give away our power because there isn't enough recognition of the female um, part of spirituality. And I say part because it's not only for women because, you know, nowadays people recognize this being spiritual bypassing, that just only having this idea of, of rising into this enlightenment, this ascension model, is, is only half the picture. And that also bringing consciousness into embodiment and into compassion is the other half that seems to have got missed along the way. Which is so, so important. And if a man is only embodying that alignment, uh, ascend, ascendance model, yeah. like you said, um, if he's, you know, going for that perfection, then it's really easy to kind of walk into um, really believing that as well mm -hmm. and then beginning to... Um, feel you know feel like something's wrong about yeah, wrong with us yeah, for having feelings yeah totally. and so because we're 
you know, as as females, we're having feelings all the time. Mm. So if you get into the habit of judging your feelings, it's really like a downward spiral yeah, yeah. of constantly negating feeling your own shame. feminine, basically. Yeah, negating your own feminine. And I want to say that this is not only with a lover or a partner, but also with teachers and gurus. Absolutely. I've been in um, in schools like that. I've been in a school run by the, a Swami guru type, and that was kind of imposed on the entire school you know you're having emotions you need to purify you need to stand on your head for 20 minutes you need you need to do something to fix yourself and you know like there were many great things in that school that I wanted to learn mm. but I knew that that quality was there that very very masculine quality of mm. you're wrong and you need to fix something and you know it's it's really harsh to be in that especially when you're in a female body because like you say you start feeling shame and guilt about about emotions feelings all the yummy stuff that makes us so sensual and alive and and connected to life and it made me realize you know that a shift really needs to happen in the spiritual world of mm -hmm. of acknowledging the beauty of the feminine and the embodiment and finding a place for that mm -hmm. and how that that can reflect in yeah in all kinds of relationships and how many women there are you know in that suffering still feeling like they're not good enough Absolutely. and when you feel like you're not good enough you will take the abuse because you feel like you deserve it right absolutely and so what I had from that kind of profound meeting with the, the, uh, towards the end of our time together I started actually after I was no longer kind of underneath his in his energy field you know under his control on some level I realized that um, it was actually interesting because another we were on a beach in India and another girl came and and she was totally not under the rule of him. She was totally not impressed with this guy. I'd been like, oh, wow, he's so, you know, he's so impressive and powerful. And, you know, and she just, she was so, like, alive in herself. And she didn't give a shit about his opinions. And I was like, she was like my teacher. I was yeah. like, in that moment, I was like, oh. Like, she was just so connected to herself. So it showed me. And I realized wow, I'd allow myself to come underneath the power of someone else. And the key part of it was that I'd lost connection to my own truth. Mm -hmm. And the other piece of it was realizing that he was many things, but he was not humble and he was not able to feel me. He mm -hmm. was not able to feel the other people in the space. Mm -hmm. So he might have been very powerful in the masculine um, qualities, but he, there was some really important elements of him that he lacked. Mm -hmm. So the big learning that I had was that if I'm going to be relating intimately and deeply with another human being, I need that person to be able to be humble mm -hmm. and to be able to feel me. Mm -hmm. And so that means that I'm able to feel safe, to tune in with myself. Yeah. So I feel really like an empowering relationship is a relationship when someone is supporting you to be in touch with your own truth. Yeah, yeah. And a disempowering relationship is when someone is not supporting you to feel yourself and they're telling they're imposing their truth their truth yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and then perhaps also criticizing you for not being you know up to speed with their truth and it can yeah. get more and more toxic from there but yeah. it's sort of really essential and I, I think they believe it too they believe that they are more true more enlightened more awakened and if they fall into a relationship with a woman or a student that plays that out it, you can get stuck in it like yeah it's a, it's a that paradigm that where that that is more evolved 
Um, and in a way, like as I hear you speak about it, I really see how um, it's very connected to having the masculine and the feminine within ourselves, both of us. So if a man's only in his masculine and he's got discipline and he meditates and he says, this is the truth and the only truth, but he's lacking his feminine of mm. like empathy, feeling into you, humbleness, mm. compassion, those things. And then a woman comes along and she's only in a feminine of like, oh, everything you say is true and I surrender to everything you say. <laughs> it's, it, it can be a little un unhealthy, right? Yeah. And so he needs to develop more empathy, some yeah. more of his feminine, and yeah. she needs to find her truth, a little more of her masculine. Absolutely. So that she doesn't have to give, give away her power to him. So in a way, it's kind of a reflection of when you're too polarized and you haven't developed your masculine and your feminine within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you get into those relationships that are more um, codependent and playing out these kind of unhealthy dynamics. Exactly. Something I often think when I see gurus and so on um, abusing the feminine is remembering that they're doing that to their own feminine. You know, like when I was in the school and, and I felt like, oh, I'm not good enough and I've got to do more practice. I sat back and reflected and I thought, I guess that the guru here has done that his whole life to his feminine, to his own emotions and mm. feelings. He's made them wrong. Mm. He's tried to pure, he's tried to control his feminine, control the emotions and sublimate the emotions and clear the emotions. And, you know, and as he's done that to his own feminine, he does it to his, to his partners, to his students. Um, so that helps me develop a little more compassion when Absolute, I see it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's like you're both feeding this dreaming that the masculine is better. Yes, you know, you exactly. Know, and you're both underneath that spell. And, and there's not usually like a negative intent even. Um, but this is... Yes, it's a genuine delusion. Yeah, it's a genuine delusion. And I love what you, I love what you said about, um, about the woman needing to develop her masculine. And in terms of like how to get out of a disempowering relationship, um, I would say it's, this, it's exactly that. It's been able to get very, very clear, like and clear is more of a masculine quality, yeah. being able to get so clear about what your true, true needs are mm -hmm. and, and possibly being able to honestly see that this relationship is not meeting those true needs mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the process of being able to get out of it mm -hmm. is if you can actually really own like ah, oh, this isn't feeling right because of this and like owning like being really clear and really owning that of your own wisdom own wisdom and own experience and then if you're really centered in that and you can really see clearly that this is not this dynamic is not serving you yeah. it's disempowering for you and you, you see it clearly, this is a process. It could take a while to be able to first even glimpse it and then be able to really, you know, let it, like, come home. Like, wow, I'm really allowing myself to be um, put down. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really squashing my, my own truth yeah. here. It can be shocking because you might even be a really empowered in other levels yeah, of, yeah. of your life and then you realize, wow, I'm really letting myself you know, my truth be squashed here. It can be, you know, it can be hard to realize it. But then if you are able to be really clear and really explore the feelings and really come to a place of like owning it and, and knowing it, like what, what the truth is for you, then that's when you can come to the partner and say, this is my experience mm -hmm. and this is my truth. Mm -hmm. And then they have the option that they could meet you there. You could actually evolve the relationship you know, he could learn and you could relate and, and things could change. 
or basically, you know, he can't meet you there and you know that the next step is that you need to leave this dynamic because it's not helping you yeah, and it's not yeah, changing. Yeah. But it only I comes from clarity. As I hear you say that, I, I realise, you know, often women um, will give up their truth because of love. Like, it's such a big oh, uh, yeah. need. Like At we least want they're getting cuddles. Exactly. <laughs> we want to be loved, you know. Yeah. We're all about love. We want to be loved. We want to be held. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong in that. Like, that's, it's so that. beautiful. But yeah. the, the question is, what are you, what are you willing to pay for that? And to know that you don't have to pay for that. I think that's a really important thing. If Absolutely. you feel like um, to be loved, I need to put up with this abuse or be beaten up or, um, you know, be told that I'm inferior or whatever it is, but I'm loved. Because, you know, I, I know from working with women who've tried to escape violent relationships that they're torn between oh. it's not just like oh it's a bad relationship i didn't notice yeah of course they noticed yeah but there's something holding them in what is that Sorry. and and it's important to see what it is that we've chosen and what we're paying for it and with a guru it might be that we're choosing to be the special student or we're choosing to try and get enlightenment to try and get advanced in our spirituality there's something that we are after some some want that we have that we are willing to 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 pay for it and put up with something. Um, and I think that's a real key because it's easy to get into being into, into victim consciousness and go, oh, well, poor me, I'm with this narcissist or this abuser. But that's not so helpful. That, that's not an empowered way of thinking. That's yeah, and just, it's not that black and white. Either. It's not that black and white and it makes mm -hmm. all men wrong. But it's more empowering to say, what made me choose this? What mm -hmm. did I want out of this? And what did I pay for for that? Because then you can undo that contract. Then you can go, okay, I really wanted to... To, to get enlightened and I thought if I slept with this guru it would happen and um, and I gave up my my sovereignty for that and, mm -hmm. and that actually wasn't a very good deal and so now I'm just going to take that back and it doesn't need to be even so much about them because if you take back your part of the bargain it will, it will naturally dissolve, it will naturally complete itself. Um, so I think this is really important as well that we um, can see where, where and why did we give away our power. This is um, a, a very important thing. We're generally not taught enough about understanding power when we're learning about relationships. And so that's why a lot of it is sort of unconscious. So it's very important to take some time outside of the field yeah. of your relationship where you can really ask yourself these deep questions. For instance, you know, is this, is this relationship really supporting my relationship mm -hmm. to myself? And just really feeling into that. Is mm -hmm. this really, really serving me? And being able to, to ask these questions and, and explore, just explore yeah. what's going on outside of the field. I can't agree more. Yeah. I think that's really true because you get caught up in a dynamic and it becomes your reality. And it's like, you know, a lot of women come away on our retreats and then they're sort of surrounded by women and they're like, well, hang on a minute. The whole reality shifts and they get to see who they are independent of the relationship. Yeah. And so it is really important. And of course, if you are stuck at home with someone listening to this and you can't actually, you know, even go for a walk, a walk would be a good thing. But if you can't even do that, then just closing your eyes and meditating and, and breaking out of the dynamic and, and coming within is so important. Something that really helped me when I was in a more unhealthy relationship was I trained in Gestalt therapy. And in the training, they had a man and a woman acting out some conflict or whatever. And they 
they were just going through their conflict and the man was saying, you, you're in your ego and you need this and you need to look at that and you need to look at this. And the woman was going, oh, well, uh, I, know, I noticed that I'm feeling a lot of fear and my body's contracted. And, and he was like, yeah, because you're this and you're that. And she was like, oh, well, I'm going to. So this whole thing was playing out. And then the, the teacher said, who's more open here? And until that point, I had thought that the man who was telling her you're in your ego was this kind of wise, open, spiritual person. That was the belief that I had because he knew everything. He knew everything that was wrong with her. He had the power. He had the power and he could tell her what was wrong. <laughs> but then our teacher said, well, the woman in this example is more open because she's pointing at herself and trying to look within herself to work things out. And he's pointing the whole time at her. So he's completely closed. And I had this absolute epiphany in that moment of like, oh my God, I have been thinking that the one that's always analyzing is some great, enlightened, more intelligent, superior person. The one with all the spiritual knowledge. Oh, the authority. Like yeah. this is the delusion of authority. Absolutely. You know, you speak authoritatively and we give away our power just because someone's doing that. We go, oh, okay, yeah. you sound authoritative. That's so you really must impressive. know what you're doing. Yeah. You've got lots of spiritual knowledge. <laughs> and so you must be right. And you've got big words. And I've got, and I just have all these feelings and it's all so you know, intense. And yeah, so yeah. you must be, you know, you must be superior yes, and you, you must, must be more enlightened than me. And, and this is massive. When I realized from this mm. teacher that actually the one who could look inside and see what they were feeling, what was going on and what their needs are, like you mm. said, is more open and more connected. Mm. Then this is actually true power. True power is, is being able to feel within and notice I'm afraid I'm contracted. I'm feeling this. I've got these thoughts. I've got these feelings. That is mm. true power. And we have all been buying into this ridiculous thing that power is about having the loud voice, the uniform, the big words, this external authority, and giving away our power to this external authority. And, and, and this is on every level from personal relationships to our politicians and police and, and whatever. It's happening all over the place. And it's unhealthy for all of us. And can be so, so subtle particularly around this in the spiritual realms because perhaps the languaging that the spiritual person is using is all the right language you know that is true also on on you know on a actually a, on a large level it's very true but it's done within like you said like in this kind of closed way it's not it's not um with the body it's not with like totality it's not with compassion and yeah. openness and and instead it's actually ideology so yeah. in that way what you said is absolutely true like the ideology being like this impressive thing <laughs> and so that's why it's so profound for us as women to be able to get really intimate with what's really going on inside of us mm -hmm. and getting so and that's a process mm -hmm. you know that means like every day spending time with yourself how am i feeling what, what is that feeling in my belly saying? What's, you know, it's like a constant uh, communication with your own body to actually learn what's truly going on, mm -hmm. to be so intimate with that that you you come into your own power because you have self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then that that when that's strong, that can meet that one. Mm -hmm. Before, if you don't really know what's going on and you're just like discombobulated all the time, just yeah. in an emotional mess, um, then you, you don't feel like you could stand up to meet that. But if you're if you become intimate enough with it and knowledgeable enough about what's going on inside of yourself, then from that place, then you can share and you, and you can meet and you can dialogue. And so that's why mm -hmm. it's really um, 
it's a strong practice actually and then to get from the other that. side it's like is there any vulner- you said humbleness and i'd use the word vulnerability has mm. the authority person got any capacity to look within themselves to express any vulnerability or yeah. empathy which is feeling your vulnerability this is the key. and it's like the meeting of power and vulnerability these mm. two sort of so-called opposites are an important yin and yang pair and when mm. they're split then all of this power mess and abusive stuff happens and when they're united it doesn't so we as women our empowerment isn't just like being like in our own masculine style authority it's actually connecting to our inner knowing what's vulnerable but also holding space for what's vulnerable ourselves so our own power and our own vulnerability come together and then when we meet a man who's not just authoritative and telling everyone else what to do but is also connected to his own vulnerability then that is so much more trustworthy and it doesn't create this kind of weird polarity thing. Absolutely. So I think this is so key. The vulnerability piece is so key. Yeah. And then usually you have to become accepting and loving, you know, accepting your own vulnerability before you actually meet a match out there. Because I know that once I did a lot of inner work, the men who rock up, they're all <laughs> so incredibly powerful and vulnerable. Yeah. You know, like it's and that's because I've I've owned that in myself and then and then in terms of what I attract, it's that because then someone who's on a power trip on any level and it isn't nourishing me, I'm just not interested. Yeah. I'm not in the game anymore. Yeah. So this is why this your deep self-inquiry. And they can't play, in, you can't, you're not playing their games, so yeah. it's not interesting. Yeah. One of the things I, <laughs> so true. one of the things I did when I was, when I was dating more, um, was what my, my, my one test that I really needed was to be vulnerable in front of a man and see how he responded. And that was it. That would, that would tell me everything. If I mm. shared something vulnerable, if he responded by telling me what I should do, that was the last date. You know, I'd be like, oh, thank you for the advice. And see you later. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> or, you know, I've, I've even met men who I've shared something vulnerable and they're actually kind of feel a bit powerless in their lives. And the minute they see a powerful woman vulnerable, they're like, put you down even, you know, like, mm. like yeah, well, you're so fucked up. And, you know, I've seen that kind of response. Try and take the power yeah. from seeing you in vulnerability. Exactly. Rather than... Like squash you while you're down. Oof. That's the that's the worst response. Or like you say, come with this heady theory and whatever. And to find, you know, <clears throat> someone who can hold space or have empathy or, you know, me, they'll share their own vulnerability. There's not like one fixed way, mm-hmm. but but there, there are ways that are just harmonious. And, and so that was the most important thing for me when I was dating is mm-hmm. like, how is, and even with friendships, to be honest, like yeah. <laughs> the people Absolutely. I want to spend time with in my life yeah. are, are those who, who can meet my vulnerability and, and who, you know, will share their vulnerability with me. Then it's, it's a beautiful, harmonious relationship. And I think that's the piece that's missing in, in so many of our power structures. Absolutely. Yes. And that's where it becomes power dynamics. And that's what creates disempowering relationships yeah. when there's power dynamics. Of, yeah. You know, or however way it's you know playing, it's a power dynamic yeah. rather than you're together yeah. in it, feeling it together, navigating it together, helping each other to access their truth, and and very much like curiosity being another really important quality. Yeah. You know, rather than you know um, telling and analyzing, but like you know someone. 
uh, ask me how I feel. Like, yeah. what you know? I'm curious about your experience. Yeah, exactly. Being curious response. about each other's experience and sharing that exploration—that's a completely different dynamic. I once dated years back in the day. I dated like this guy in the whole enlightenment scene, and uh, you know, sitting in satsang, that kind of thing. And and I, every time I'd share an emotion, I'd be like, oh, "I'm feeling this." He'd he would negate it. It would be like. It's just an illusion. It's you're in your body, you're in your illusion, you're in your emotion. You're not the body mind. You're not the emotions. Just like, just, just negate everything. And even one time I said, I love you. And he said, there is no I and there is no you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> At that point I realized you don't want to date the one the enlightened ones or the so-called enlightened ones i'd rather have a human man and also these days though what really really turns me on is presence Mm. when there's this and i'm i'm meeting more men like this um it feels like there's just more of them around but it's probably just because i'm that's a match for me now um (laughs) but yeah that's what's really uh when a man's able to be so deeply present in himself I'm particularly turned on when a man can talk to me about the subtle workings inside of himself. Yeah. I was like in a, in a cafe with a, a man not so long ago. And at one point there was these new people walked into the cafe and he turned to me and he said, I noticed that when new people walk into a place that there's a part of me that goes into fear and I have to kind of be with that part of, part of myself and calm it. And, you know, and I understand why that is. And I was like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) wow, you know, like the level of presence you had. I was just like, that for me is like the ultimate turn on, (laughs) you know, the level of self-awareness, but it was around his vulnerability and that he was sharing that exploration with me in a very real, you know, way. And I learned a lot from his sharing and I was like, wow, this guy's really great. (laughs) When I got first got together with the partner I'm with now, for about the first year, every morning, we would wake up and the first thing we'd say is, what's vulnerable for you today? Mm. And that would be our sharing. And some days it was big things. Oh, today I'm really dreading this and I've got this. And other days, well, not so much as vulnerable, but we'd find something. But this, this, and we do it both ways. And this really gave us the, Aww. yeah, the foundation of being able to, love what's vulnerable in each other to hold space in it and it and we noticed it gave more of us to love it's like i'm giving all these pieces of me exposing them and and he would just love them and, and the same opening the other your, way i imagine it's like opening your heart yeah you know like vulnerabilities totally. it's, it's an open heart and that's when we can experience love and, and intimacy and beauty yeah. is when we're open yeah and so that's like a really key element isn't so it? i feel that when we're looking at what's the opposite of or or where do we go if we've been in disempowered relationships mm. is to come into an empowered relationship isn't like two people in their power like two people in that masculine power of well i'm enlightened and i'm enlightened in my way and we'll both have our own truth <laughs> because there's a lot of separation in that yeah. but actually both having our, our own connection to truth and having our own connection into vulnerability into Aww. the you know into the inner part and and being able to to share that together to share that and explore that and support that i think a key word is support mm. that you're actually supporting each other to have that connection like that's yeah. to me what an empowering relationship is yeah 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 
Yay. Yay. So I just want to summarize for those who are listening, especially those who are listening and thinking, God, I'm in this disempowered relationship or I have this teacher or whatever. Uh, we've had so many gurus, you know, recently called out. And so it's happening over and over again that people, you know, give everything to their teacher or to their lover. Such a beautiful quality in us that comes along and like, ah, I give you my whole heart and all my love or I become your loyal student. And then at some point realize, oh my God, I'm, I'm being taken for a ride here. And so if you're, if you're listening to this or watching this and, and having some clicks of like, you know, this is disempowered, Step one, I think, was like get just separate energetically for a time, like ideally go on a retreat or go into nature and 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 um, spend some time with yourself feeling, you know, feeling how you how what's going on for you in the relationship. So that was one thing we had. Also asking questions to yourself, like what's the most important thing to me right now? Am I receiving this in this relationship? Is this supportive for me? Yeah. And just open-ended questions, just to kind of, yeah. And working out what your needs were was something you shared. I think this is, I think needs and also our values, because if we don't know what we value, we can easily adopt someone else's values. So you need to spend time working out what you value in life mm. so that you don't compromise your values for mm. somebody else. It's like self-respect. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and you, you, you need to have enough self-knowledge to, to work out what's valuable to you, um, you know, on all levels, you know, whether that's like how you value spending your time, the people you value, the qualities of, of people that you value, and be really conscious about what you value so that you don't give up your values for somebody else's. Mm. So this is important. And this happens a lot with a guru. The guru says, you should do this and this and this. And if you don't have strong value system, you'll just adopt theirs. And, and it may not serve you at all. It may not make you happy. It may not open your heart. And also you might be addicted to the cuddles and the love that you get sometimes in the relationship. I mean, this is a huge one. Yeah. And so that's why the value exploration is really important. So you can be like, okay, is this support? Is this in alignment with my values? And if it's not like, okay, well, I'm getting cuddles, but I'm actually losing something really important here. Yeah. And just even being able to look at that mm -hmm. is it's huge. Something will click, 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 and you might actually get to the point where you feel more empowered in your wisdom and of what you really need. And remember, you can fulfill your needs in many different ways. Like one of the things I used to do was like give away my power to, to receive things, which was often some kind of support or whatever. Support. And, and I realized um, that when I broke up a very long-term relationship, I realized that a lot of those things I could hire professionally. Like I, I remember calling <laughs> an, an AA man to fix my camper van and my man had always done that. And I was like this woman like, oh no, I haven't got my man. And then I was like, oh, I can call the AA guy and I don't even have to have a relationship with him. But it's the same with physical touch. Yeah. I can hire a masseuse. I can just receive yeah. a massage. I can ask a friend to spoon me and cuddle me. Yeah. There are so many empowered ways to fulfill our needs. And, and yeah. actually, sometimes it's really empowering to pay for something professionally. I just want a full body massage for one hour. I'm very clear about what I want. It's $100. I'll take it. And then you leave. And it's, it's super empowering rather than like, oh, I need touch. So I'll go into this relationship where I give up all my value system. But I'm getting that touch I so need. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to know what your needs are. 
and to work out how to fulfill them and to know that ways, you don't yeah. have to give up anything in yeah. yourself. It's very freeing to realise that you can get your needs met in different ways. Yeah, and different yeah. people and it doesn't have to be in your relationship. Yeah. I think it, it's actually it gives good you not more, to gives not you more to, choice. Not to only have your personal relationship to fulfill your needs actually. Absolutely. To yeah. have community, to have friends. Yes, that's so true. So these are all steps and then also having a look at, at um, what did you want. So be careful not to fall into the victim of like, he's just a narcissist and I've been taken advantage of. But to find that part of you that chose this, why you chose it and what you spent on it so that you can choose otherwise. So that's a more empowering way yeah. to end a relationship. Taking and responsibility for what, you, what brought you into the relationship. Yeah. But without... Um, blaming yourself yeah 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 yeah. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> blame is, it's so tricky and it's such a fine line it's it like is. somebody has to be to blame but yeah. they, they don't it, we both stepped into this probably yeah. unconsciously yeah. and empowerment isn't about finding someone to blame it's about responsibility and people get those really confused yeah. it's not like oh it's all my fault and get I, really I, tricky as well because yeah. it can feel easier to blame because you've been denying your truth and it's easy to go well you did it mm -hmm. and then so the next step past that is then getting your own truth and that yeah. kind of dissolves and seeing where did I where did I not have clear boundaries where did I give wow, away my truth that's Again. a good question and where did I not have clear boundaries yeah. and then you can just without having to blame someone it's not like someone violated them I didn't express them and there and now I know that I have this boundary I need more space or I'm or I, I can't go along with that thing that you want to go into or whatever it is so there are there are many empowering steps and as we do that work inside of ourselves, the relationship will either fall away or it will transform. Mm. Um, I think it's good to do work within oneself, all of this stuff that we're saying, before going into a confrontation with the other or a conversation, because you're unless you've done this, this empowering, finding the peace within yourself, you're more likely to go into blame and you did this and, you know. Um, so I, I think it's really good to do the inner work first. Uh, so you don't come with so much charge. And it's absolutely, and it's also like a work in progress. I'm in this situation yeah. right now, whereas I'm like, I'm just still finding more and more pieces in myself and, and I'm trying to resist going to the man to, to report. Yeah. Actually, because I'm like, okay, like the more I spend time with it, like the more I'm getting. So it's like, it's not like just a one shot, you know, it's like a, yeah. it can be really, really a process it's, of really this learning is relationship, what's of course. really going on. And things like nonviolent communication are so helpful with these conversations because, especially in nonviolent communication, you, they point out that you can say a feeling that's not that's actually blaming the other. Like I feel abused is not a real feeling. It's saying I feel that you have abused me. So it's got blame hidden inside of it. Mm. And so instead, you'd want to be able to say, I notice that I feel like I'm shrink. I'm feeling shrunken inside. I'm feeling a contraction. And, you know, to, to really find ownership even of your language. So there's definitely a lot. It, is, it isn't just a simple one-step thing. As you yeah. say, this is, this is our life's work in many ways. <laughs> and, it's, and it's also a boundaries boot camp. You know, I can say in this point, point, point of my life that having a lot of different experiences is what taught me how to have boundaries. Yeah. Now I'm very clear about them and there's such a resource to know yeah. what your boundaries are. And it's this process that makes you learn them. Mm -hmm. This, and also I like the fact that you pointed out you met a woman that wasn't under the spell of this guy. And I think that's also very helpful is to be around... <laughs> 
empowered women who are out of the game yeah <laughs> who have found that and they're probably older and they've been through all these experiences yeah. but it can speed things up oh. if you find those women oh, yeah. as your teachers your friends your mentors yeah. um because then you don't have to go through as many steps yourself you Absolutely. can you can see that's how it looks to be in that embodiment of connected to your own truth connected to your own vulnerability able to speak your boundaries you know able to enter into relationship without getting swallowed up and abused in it yeah and they <laughs> might be a therapist or you yeah know, like you know you could be able to hire those women as well yeah and that you know it's really often external support is really necessary yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so um yeah so definitely several steps and we felt this was important to put out now um as well because sadly we've seen statistics during the time of lockdown around the globe that there is an increase in domestic violence um in abuse and also even in in uh, murders of domestic violence which is horrific to think about yeah. so just showing us that there there is an ongoing issue with power and relationships that doesn't serve either it actually doesn't serve the one that's that's in the narcissistic in the power position um it doesn't serve any of us mm -hmm. to play out these power games mm -hmm. because it blocks love and we all feel more fulfilled and met on a deeper level if we have this harmony of our own masculine and feminine of our own vulnerability of power and can meet from that place that's when we have these beautiful relationships mm -hmm. that serve everybody so that's uh, that's our intention to really um help people to choose that and it's it's on every level there's also a lot of fear going on right now around the authorities and you know other other so other forms of, of of authority that are out there and it's all the same thing it is so important for us to to know how to to go within to meet authority um in different ways in our life yeah yeah great well thank you so much for sharing all of your stories and your wisdom and your inspiration mm -hmm. and here's a you want to see an empowered woman here's a wonderful uh role model for you and um <laughs> and uh and I'll put links with the podcast so you can find out more from Shrada so thank you so much for sharing yeah you're welcome lots of love to all